that would be the kind of film you would enjoy. Yes, it looks <laughs> awesome. So cool. Oh, they should make Lego figures as well. Can, you, you buy some King Kong Godzilla Lego? Yes. It's oh going to be life-size. Yeah, life-size. <laughs> it's got like action features, you know, like this little spin. It has the laser. Like Godzilla could spin <laughs> and knock off, <laughs> knock off King Kong's head. Be awesome. Spin Norton with a life-size Godzilla Lego. Exactly. Oh my God. exactly. You could cuddle it in bed at night. Uh, only when I get... Which is always. <laughs> Yeah, but no, no, no. On that <laughs> note, well, hello and oh welcome God. everybody to the second episode of <laughs> Transparent Discord. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about things, um, and and yeah, that's all, all there is to it. My name is Alfie Webb. Uh, my name is Tom Kiddle, and Alfie, I've I've been doing some research. Oh yeah, what have you been researching? So, in the last episode, you might recall, you, um, going on about Kettle of Worms. Oh my god. Kettle of Fish. Kettle there of is fish. such a thing as Kettle of Worms. Wait, what? The, there's what? a, it's, it's called a gem where it's a mixture of a fine kettle of fish and a can of worms, both meaning to describe a difficult situation or problem. But, right, okay. That's... So you are actually correct. I, I wasn't even meaning to be correct at that point. I just look. A kettle of fish is a real thing too. It is. That's... It's. It's I'm... also a bar in New York City. A bar in New York City called Kettle of Fish. There is. We sh- we need to go one day. We should once you know, it's not illegal. Yeah, and we'll put it on a business expense. Yeah. Guys, if you want to support us on Patreon to pay for our trip to New York City to visit the Kettle of Fish, but, you know, feel free. We'd love to go. Sure. And and who who would we be going with, Tom? Uh, well, on today's episode, Alfie, we have Adeline Cooper. Hello. Adeline, can I ask you a question? Um. Yeah, sure, Alfie, what is it? What is your favourite train from Thomas the Tank Engine? Um, my favourite train? Oh god, um, the green one, but I can't think of his name. I should know this, but... You mean Percy? Yes, Percy. My favourite too. I was talking to Tom about this before the podcast. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Any particular reason you just like Percy so much? Um, well, green's my favourite colour, even since really? I was a kid. Yeah, so Percy kind of spoke to me. Felt that connection. Sure. Spoke out in train language, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I mean, I can speak train. I don't know who can't. Sure, sure. Well, it's good to have you speaking train with us tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Finn Norton. How are you, Finn? Hello. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Finn, can I ask you a question? I don't know. Well, I'm going to ask you anyway. What is your favourite kind of paper? Oh, paper. Um, well, I don't like writing on lines when I'm using <laughs> lined paper. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, that. It's like graph paper, but it's kind of see-through. 
they give it to you in maps and it, it's like really thin and it's just it's nice to write on i wish we could only write on that but because oh, you mean, of in tracing paper yeah yeah like like, like trace i don't know what it is about it it's just really nice and sadly because of you know the 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 system in school and 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 just you know we, we i i feel oppressed to use lined paper i feel <laughs> oppressed by a group to use lined paper and one day i'm gonna speak out and use different types you know i mean it doesn't make that much of a difference to you finn because you never write on the lines anyway uh, well that's just the type of person i am i'm just different to everyone else Alfie. i'm just built different. i get it now because you just want to write on tracing paper <laughs> yes exactly right well Funnily enough, that actually brings us on to today's topic. Um, uh, we're, we're kind of sticking this week with the education theme, just like we did last week, because there was kind of so much to discuss. I think we barely scratched the surface. Um, and today our focus is on the proposals that Ofqual, the Office of Qualifications, have put out for how they're going to give out GCSE and A-level grades this year. Um, you know, as as I'm sure you're all aware, schools in England will not be reopening to all pupils after every half term, um, which is just, just fantastic and we all love it. Um, but exams aren't happening this year, probably in their traditional format. And Ofqual have put out a load of proposals and they've asked people to consult and give their opinions. So that is exactly what we're going to be doing. By the time you're listening to this, uh, the consultation will have closed. So I hope you filled it out if you could. Wait, um, Alfie, am I yeah? wrong in thinking? I thought that schools were now not going to be um, reopened until like March, I think. Yeah, there was something said 8th about of that. March. Yeah. 8th of March is when it's going to which we just love. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah 8th I think of March at the earliest, is I think I've what they said. got the feeling that we're not going to be going back. Whatever. I've got the feeling that things like the way they are now are so much worse than they are last year. And I think they made a big mistake last year, letting us out of lockdown really early. Yeah. So I've got yeah. that kind of horrible feeling that this is it. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, to be fair, you can't necessarily trust this government to learn from its mistakes and not just do the same thing all over again. <laughs> I mean, so, you're not wrong. <laughs> just because they messed it up last year doesn't mean they won't mess it up this year. Yeah. Uh, we should have just copied other countries, honestly. How do you mean? No, we have to be unique. <laughs> well, you, well, a lot of countries just went into lockdown straight away. And then you look at um, here in Britain and find during the first big lockdown it wasn't compulsory to wear a mask y yeah you could you could go into a shop without a mask during the first big lockdown and obviously back then it was fine but looking back now you're just thinking you know well, what were we doing but even Pretty then crazy. other countries had the mask in place masks aren't a new thing at all mm, china yeah. and japan they've been wearing them for years and years because of different reasons but people have still seen the benefits of wearing masks. And I think it's just sort of the country that we live in is quite liberal and there's not really much control of government in some things mm. like the last lockdown. Yeah, I get you. They kind of lost lost control a bit, didn't they? Especially yeah. after the whole Dominic Cummings thing. 
that undermined their credibility in my yeah. opinion that I, wasn't I, great yeah I mean <laughs> this is already derailing so fast um, <laughs> um, but I think it is a good point that like we're talking about this consultation now for education um I think my my biggest uh, gripe here is that they should have been making these proposals like nine months ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like as soon as they as soon as they cancelled exams last year, it should have been clear. I mean, it was clear that there was a decent possibility that they'd be having to do it again for us. So, like, they should have started planning then. Even if it was just the plan B, even if they never had to actually use these proposals, even if yeah. we could have gone to, to do exams normally, I don't like that their preparation for the possibility, the pretty high possibility that we would have to do this, was cross fingers, hope for the best, hope it doesn't happen, yeah. and then do it last minute if it does. We were just sort of, that's it, it was all last minute and we were forgotten about completely. It's like the government we're just like okay well we've sorted them out so we don't need to sort out like the futures because we've effectively well depending what happens now have almost had our whole education in lockdown because we only had a few months in year 12 and then so far most of year 13 has sort of been in a lockdown we had quite a bit mm. of school but it wasn't the same as like normal you couldn't say it was normal half the teachers want in because of their own reasons and I don't know it's just we have sort of been completely forgotten about because there was this weird idea that everything was going to be fine after summer yeah yeah and, no, well they, yeah. they just sent everything back to work and school at the same time and they're like yeah this couldn't possibly go wrong <laughs> we have a very um reactive government I don't think they look ahead they're very in the moment mm. um you know, I I, I I have a better um, way of handling my revision and things that come across my way than the government does, and that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually that's actually a really interesting point because I've I've been I've seen this characterised um, as government by catastrophe, and I can't remember who I'm paraphrasing here. I've just seen it on Twitter or something or in the paper, but. Basically, the idea is that the government has to make a lot of difficult choices because that's what governments do. And especially more, more than ever in a pandemic, they need to make difficult choices. But instead of doing that, what this government has been doing really is not making choices. They've been waiting until the last possible minute and then they've been leaving it until there's only one choice left. So then... They can only ever get criticised for acting too late, not for making the wrong choice. Rather than yeah. being bold and making a decision, they preferred to just wait until it's too late. And in a pandemic, that means waiting until people are dying, mm. which I don't think is a great idea. It's, it's like Boris Johnson is like one of those kids who just writes their essays at like... 3am the morning of deadline <laughs> that's what and I like, meant when... <laughs> yeah like don't get me wrong I've done that I've been there but it's not how you run a government <laughs> well, 
I will say like I think now I mean for me I'm a lot more scared now than I was last lockdown yeah. like in the very first one it all felt really surreal but now mm. the fact the death rate is like what a thousand plus a day it's mm. it does scare me so much and it scares me even more that there's such a big part of our society which don't think the virus exists yeah that's weird they, well, like right. i don't get it and they have this whole conspiracy that it's um linked with 5g and <laughs> all, all well, this stuff it's crazy it's it's good that you're scared um it, it, you know it's good that you're scared and we're talking about this because there are people out there who aren't scared and yeah. a, a, a lot of people forget that when you're looking at statistics on the news uh, and those big numbers and it, it's kind of too much it's like an information overload until you realize that each of those numbers each of those numbers is a person you know yeah. and think about how one person yeah. can affect a whole family one loss affects a whole family so all these numbers racking up and all i'm seeing is just pie charts on the news yeah. until you take a step back and go oh that, you know <laughs> yeah this is yeah. yeah i've seen it said that on average each death leaves approximately nine people in a state of grief which would mean that a hundred thousand deaths plus nine hundred thousand grieving families and friends is a million people mm. having had their lives absolutely ruined by yeah. coronavirus, uh, which is horrible. And I totally agree, Adeline. I'm so much more scared this time around. It's... Oh, it's just the worst, you know? It is horrible. I just... I get scared. I went into school the other day um, to do some coursework and... I had it was the first time I'd ever done the test but even walking to school I was I was so anxious because I hadn't been to school in ages I knew I wouldn't see many people but I haven't seen anyone really aside from my family this whole time I haven't gone out and seen anyone at all because I've been so worried and I remember when I walked into school and I saw like the receptionist I was completely freaked and I just was like I had hand sanitizer in like my hand which I just kept doing over and over because I was so scared even though I knew everyone there had been tested that morning and was negative it was still just the whole thing of seeing people freaked me out I love penguins I don't know about you but there's something about them you know penguins oh, have knees like penguins. I love have you seen the video on Benedict Cumberbatch when he's trying to um, pronounce Penguins on the Graham Norton. No, show. he goes penguin. He goes penguins. Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> and he's like, he recorded for this documentary and he couldn't say it right the entire time. It's really <laughs> funny. You've got to watch it, Alfie. I love it. Should we get on with some of the questions from the consultation? Yeah. Okay. Try, try <laughs> brighten the mood if that's I'm sorry. something you can do. Yeah. I don't know how many. I think I might have just I... depressed it. But... <laughs> In the proposal <laughs> part of the consultation, um, one of the things that they said was, we know that students are disappointed and that grades must reflect what a student knows, understands and can do. What do you guys think that means? That they, it must reflect what a student knows, understands and can do. Kind of in theory, that sounds like something that no one could really object to. But... Um... Hang on a second. I did have something that I wrote about this on my answer to the consultation. I'm going to find it. In a it might take me a second. Sorry. Just talk amongst yourselves. That's talk, that, okay. So, um, 
I think I talked about this a few days ago about how the idea, the new exam, how they're just they're smaller but they're spread out more. I actually think that's a really good system. Not now for us, not during the, this pandemic, but in the future when there is no COVID nineteen, a system where students are uh, monitored, right, like you know, over their whole course. Um, yeah. I actually think that will reflect their ability much better. And also, they will be getting more exam technique from, you know, I, th I think if you did that, they'd come out of A-levels and, uh, and college or whatever you're doing with more skills than if you just have a solid month of just condensed stress and exams all into one month, you know, yeah. I think it's You'd really be like weird. taking an average across two years. Mm. I think, I think, yeah, yeah I think like a, a reworking of the uh, education system and just like maybe you know maybe they could use this as a test run you know uh we could find let's let's try and find some light to this let's say what if they look at what we do in our mini assessments that we do and actually think hang on this has proven to be a pretty better system uh, you know a better system to what we originally have which is just thrashing with exams all at once in one yeah. month yeah yeah. Well, I guess the question is, what kind of system are we going to see? Because obviously it's a bit late in the day for them to start introducing what you're talking about, Finn, which would be kind of tests every couple of months throughout two years. I think that would be quite good. I'm. But what what we what we uh, said just then about um. They're saying that the goal of their of their proposals is to assess students' current performance to determine their grade. And I I think that kind of sounds like something that, that no one could object to. But thinking about it, it kind of ignores the fact that what you're basically doing is you're taking a random sample of a student's ability at one particular point in time, say July, and that's where we cut off the students. But that and that kind of works in a normal year where everyone knows that that's what's coming and everyone has time to prepare. But what it kind of ignores the fact that um, it's not an even playing field at the minute, in that different schools around the country have experienced different levels of disruption, yeah. massively different. Like what we've talked about all of the disruption we've experienced, but we've been pretty lucky. Like. We haven't really had many school closures or anything. Some kids have been barely in school in the really COVID hit parts. Yeah, you know? definitely. So it's it's fundamentally unfair to have a system that attempt that attempts to um to assess the performance of all students in the same way hmm. at a point in time. Um, that's what I think anyway I, I think the problem with these proposals is that they're shift, kind of shifting the playing field down without changing the fact that it's already uneven so now you've yeah. just shifted it down and it's still uneven mm. I think it definitely is uneven because as you've already said about different areas having covid differently i think there is now more than ever a bigger gap between privately educated students and publicly educated students because i know a lot of private school kids who in the first lockdown had 
full online learning and you know throughout the whole time have had a big advantage to what we've had I mean in the first lockdown we didn't have online learning we didn't nothing like that was really known for Mm, us and because of that although people like you know that was in year 12 last year whatever that is a massive part of our content oh yeah yeah. and it's hard to catch up with that now it's like impossible like the levels we're at and the level of learning we have are completely different well that that's that's the thing um that's i've noticed that uh but last lockdown teachers would just send us work through uh email or teams but now we're getting uh online lessons over like or facetime or whatever you want over over teams and it, it, it yeah, it's, it's, it's so Skype much better not in skype or facetime <laughs> no but um video cool fine video cool and um it's so much better to have a teacher yeah. there and, and i i i know i know um a lot of people a lot of teachers think that you can just work from the book and find le- you know lessons on youtube and yes you can but th- nothing beats that one-to-one with someone that knows you well yeah. as well you know teachers that know mm. you and and i i wish we had that last lockdown in year 12 yeah. i'm not saying it's the teach oh i'm not i'm just you know, they can't expect that but if we had that in year 12 um i know personally i would be in a much better position than i am now I agree. well i mean going back to what adeline said and this is a tangent but as i believe we said before it's our podcast and no one can tell us what to talk about <laughs> um <laughs> private schools should they exist? No, oh, should they exist? Should they? Is it okay for private schools to exist? I know that that's pretty controversial. Oh, I haven't said my opinion. Um, you probably guess it. <laughs> Tom, what do you think? Well, th- there's a big disparity about different stu- different types of students because are private school students like supposedly more intelligent? more know more things get better grades or is it just a place where parents with lots of money can go send their kids yeah and if is the um quality of teaching the same in public schools and private schools because if they are then why should there be a difference why why should there be two different things if they're teaching the same thing right exactly mm. it's it's kind of the very existence of private schools as places where people would pay exorbitant amounts to send their children implies that there is something about them that is better than state whether that's the teaching or the connections you build or the facilities or so, there's something going on there that is better than state schools yeah. and is that okay do people have the right to send their kids about school if they can if they can pay for it then surely surely that's something that they, they have the right to do what do you it's what do you guys think but i also think about what so like kids of celebrities for example i think you know if some of those were in a public school would they you know get treatment from other students you know would to so say if um like the beckhams the kids go to millfield and if they went to a public school, would they be sort of, would people be all over them? Would they be picked on, you know, by other families? Like, 
it would be weird if we went to school with, you know, someone famous's child. Like, just because that's never really ever happened. And I wonder mm. if they would feel really alone. And I guess, you know, them being in private education kind of keeps them in the same bubble. Although it's not, like, necessarily a good thing. No, is that is that something we want? Do we want to create a kind of one bubble of kids from rich families and one bubble of kids from poor families and just keep them separate? Is that is that what we so. want from our education system? I don't think it's a good thing, but, but do you, yeah. I can see why it's a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that parents, if they have the money to do it, should... Do, do parents have the right to spend their money on their kids' education? Is basically what we're asking here. Okay. What, what do you think, then? Um, okay, so I'm going to look at this at more of a narrow view. I agree with pretty much everything that everyone's said, but simply put, it's business. You throw money in, you get something out of it. That's how it works. You know, you can either send them to this school or you can throw some money in and they're going to get better quality of education. Is it morally right? No, but that's how it is. You know, that, yeah. that people, you know, not everyone has equal opportunity. You know, it depends on your background and how much money you have, because money is very important. You know, it runs the world. Mm. So the more money you throw in, yeah. the more you're going to get out of it. That's how it is. Business at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, my my opinion on the matter is, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, Finn. I, but my, my opinion is that education is one of the few places where that rule of the kind of the market I, I guess you'd call it the rules of capitalism where you can pay money to get a better product yeah education is is for me pretty much the only area where that should not apply where you shouldn't be able to pay to get more because yeah. i think education is pretty much the best tool we have in fighting inequality and if you're entrenching inequality in the education system, if you're separating people into mm. into kind of yeah. levels of income right from the word go, then you're never going to be effective in tackling inequality. So mm. I think that this, I think that there should be a ban on private education that you shouldn't be allowed to yeah. pay to elevate. And that might actually make state schools better if you've got all of these pushy rich parents who want the best education for little Timothy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, little if they Timothy. have to, if they have to <laughs> try and get that from the state system rather than just buying their way out. Then... Let's say there's a think... the, there's a theoretical Timothy right here. Everyone imagine the theoretical <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I just want to be clear that I'm not dissing anyone who chooses to send their kids to private school because I totally get why you would do that. Mm. As a yeah. parent, you would w want yeah. the best for your kid. And I, th yeah, if I could, I don't know whether I would or not. I, mm. I kind of like to think that I wouldn't because it's kind of a matter of principle for me. But if I felt peer pressured to, I can totally see, see myself doing that. I well, think that the teachers at private schools have more motivation than teachers, you know, at state schools. More motivation? Because of the pay. Right. I think Fair. that because they're better paid, they have more motivation, more incentive to teach better, which I don't think is a good thing, but I think it is it is a thing. 
most teachers will try and get into a private school for better pay. It's like, it's not teaching from, you know, not all of them, but for the majority of teachers isn't because they want to teach. It's because it's either <laughs> a job they've ended up falling into or because they like want to make money. I know that sounds stupid, but I feel like we're making a bit of a generalization here. I, I, I actually yeah, no, I am very generalizing. I'm not being. I am generalizing. Yeah, because not everyone's I... like that. Uh, do you think um, humans should eat sweet corn? Wait, what? Well, I don't know. You just said the word. <laughs> you just said sweet, and I have this thing where I don't think humans should consume sweet corn. Because you can't digest Why? it properly, and it's mm. like gr- just not a nice thing, anyways. So I, was... yeah. Right. I think we should get rid of it. Uh, well, if you go onto Reddit, get rid of sweet and post that opinion to r slash sweet con lovers, <laughs> you will get destroyed. <laughs> you will get destroyed with facts. They'll oh, be no. like, um, well, actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's actually tasty. Quite good. Are you saying it's you actually wouldn't my have favorite No, I would genuinely not be surprised if Finn Norton was part of our slash sweet. He's combat. the manager. He made it. <laughs> <laughs> I run the Discord server. <laughs> the R slash sweetcon Discord server. Every time mm. they drop a new new type of sweetcon, we're all there for a new update. <laughs> Yo, new sweetcon dropped. Yo. <laughs> I'm definitely copying this. Or should I say, <laughs> copying this? Adeline just said that teachers were more motivated when they were at private schools because they have more money or some shit. Finn, right. you wanted to counter it. I, want, I, want, I wanted to counter that. I would like to counter that. So my mum is a teacher and um, she said to me that oh, teaching, doesn't, d- teaching doesn't pay as well as it should. You have to make your way up the pay scale. There's like a system. So my mum says, uh, and it's it's very um, this is very taboo that if you're going to be a teacher, you get you know most teachers uh end up not enjoying their job and they, yeah, they become grouchy and and they become demotivated. But if you're go- you want to be sure if you're going to be a teacher, you have to actually enjoy teaching. The pay isn't amazing. You have to make your way up the pay scale. So you have to enjoy it when you get. You have to like teaching it you do, you can't if you if you're doing it just for the money you're doing the wrong job honestly you're doing the wrong job and it is a shame because yeah. you know i mean it, it's bias coming from me i think teachers should be paid more but the amount of, my mum's a yeah definitely. my mum's a special needs teacher now and um well that's very difficult and i think yeah uh yeah i think i think teachers should be paid more and even if you look at the the teachers that have to put up with year sevens. <laughs> oh my god! Teaching is the most important to. job, though. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. really yeah. important, and it's really difficult. And yeah, they work a lot of hours that they don't necessarily get paid for, like at mm. home doing marking or whatever. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. The amount I mean, of even times... early years. Um, so like my mum's business. My mum's been selling loads of stuff lately. Um, just like old jigsaws and things, you know, for a pound or something online. Yeah. For and the sake have... of our listeners, we should clarify what your mum's business is. Oh yeah, so my mum's a self-employed childminder. Um, she's had her business for quite a while now. Um, and it's quite a successful business, yeah. may I add. Um... Use code transparent dishwasher and <laughs> 10% off. Yeah. Sponsored by... <laughs> Merit Childcare Solutions. 
Sponsored by Vanilla. Stupid podcast. It's brilliant. First Um, word from our sponsor, Vanilla. I'm sure she'll love that. The fact that her name is mentioned, she will be ecstatic. Jesus. (laughs) But a lot of the um, people that have been buying. Um, the puzzles and toys that my mum's been selling have been teachers, um, early years, employees and stuff because the schools and the settings have no money. And yeah. it's really sad. They're, because of everything going on with COVID, there was one lady who came and she said that now in her setting, they've, um, they usually have from, I think it's five years and older, so when you start school, but they've had to take on um, a few two-year-olds recently, but they don't have anything. They don't have any toys. They don't have mm. anything for the kids. So they're having to use sort of money out of their own pocket to try and give these kids a good time. And it's really, it is really incredible what teachers do and people that in that sort of early years in education system do to make this, you know, what they're doing really impactful. But it's so sad that it's so underfunded. When mum, when me and my family, we go out to the car boot sale Sunday, uh, down the bay, right? Um, <laughs> down bay. Yep. This is this is this is important. Mum okay. find um, sales of just jigsaws, books, toys, carpets, and she buys she buys like a box of these things, yeah. and she talks to the people about them as well. She's all right. So, and then even some of my old rugs. There's a Thomas the Tank Engine rug that was in one of her schools once because pretty much she would wash all of it and then she would bring it into her school and the kids they, the kids would love it and and, yeah. and so she would use her own money and some of my stuff when I was um from when I was young um in her classes which I and, and those things that were from when I was young are probably still in those schools that she used to work at so it's kind of weird to think but yeah uh, teachers do they do do a lot of work at home um I remember one time when I was young, I think I was on my DS till like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> nice. oh, and, um, that's where it this... started. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I got up and I went to the kitchen and mum was still in the living room doing marking on her computer. And I just went in and I was like, mum, go to bed. Like, just go to bed. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. I think she would have it's been just... more shocked that you were awake, Finn. <laughs> No, that's who I am. <laughs> it's been she, Come on. Always on the DS. Come on. Of course. <laughs> Pokemon Heart Gold. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> it's just it is just wrong that teachers have to do that. Yeah. Pay for stuff out of their own pocket. That is just wrong. That is a just that is a disgusting failure of the system that teachers are even considering doing mm. that. That's just Oh, that makes me angry. Not all teachers do that. No, I I know that yeah. it, it is it is something that my mum did, but then Adeline says that uh people, other people buying jigsaws as well, so it kind of does say a lot. They shouldn't it really. Does. We're making generalizations here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. under a lot of pressure, teachers, right? Like, I know you, oh, yeah. I know you were saying, Adders, that they're like less motivated because they're paid less, but kind of part of the motivation in the mm-hmm. state system is that they've got these flipping grades to get and they're, they're yeah. judged on the grades that their students get. Yeah. You know? I mean, don't get I me mean... wrong. I don't think there's, like, 
I don't think normal, like general teachers aren't motivated. I think that there is slightly, like there is a bit more motivation for the privately educated, like not privately educated, the private school teachers. Like I yeah. don't, I wouldn't say like you could get a teacher from a state school who's a lot more motivated with their like kids, but I feel like the ones from private schools have more pressure and more motivation. Standards. Yeah. Mm. I th- yeah, I don't. I don't think it's like a, well, oh, state school, you know, teachers are lazy or anything like that at all. Just want yeah. to make that clear. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We get. You. That's how we should have introduced you to the podcast. You know, Adeline Cooper. She speaks French, but she doesn't tolerate lactose. Oh my god! No, can we redo that? Can we redo that? Put that in at the beginning instead. <laughs> Adeline Cooper, she doesn't tolerate lactose. Yeah, she's French, but she doesn't she tolerate can drink, lactose. She, no, no, the thing is about Adeline is that she's allowed to drink it. It doesn't, you know, milk does it does nothing can, to her. I try, but she doesn't I tolerate do it. <laughs> yeah. She's not having it. It's, they're the milk is here. She's not having it. I don't really know how long we've been talking, but somewhere in all of that mess, I mean, we didn't we didn't really say anything about the thing that we were actually going to talk about, but um, yeah, what this is about, Alfie. That's what yeah. this is about. That is becoming very clear. But <laughs> anyway, I think we should probably start to wrap this up. So, I guess I guess what we'll do is we'll ask you for some closing thoughts. Um, I don't know what happened to Tom. His internet has disappeared. So yeah. it's just me, Finn, and Adders. <laughs> um, so, can edit. He can edit himself in. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah guys. Am I right? yeah. <laughs> let's go with. Let's go for Tom. Tom, what do you think of this? Man, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Oh I think God. that's really Tom, important. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Finn, Finn, what are your closing thoughts on whatever the hell we've been talking about? Education. <laughs> I guess we're still talking um, about. I, I, I think it's good. I think <laughs> we didn't really I think it's good. We're, we're talking to. about it. Um, you, you know, um, yeah. this this is good. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I kind of hope people listening as well. Um, just you know, take a step back and think. When you know, when was the last time you really had to worry about the government? Because for me, this is the first time. My life has just been go to school, do your homework get your exams done suddenly now i have no i don't have that comfort and that clarity and i'm like ah panic i'm on my own um we're all in the same boat but that boat is sinking (laughs) it's it's you know it's like it's like um all the all the people on the titanic you know they're on the same boat but we're not okay (laughs) so yeah it's um but yeah it's really it's been really nice having me on i've really enjoyed it and um yeah Cool. Adders, Adeline, what's what's popping with you? What's popping? Um, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> um, yeah, education, the system. Maybe it should change. I think it should change. I think teachers don't get enough credit for what they do. Um, and also Finn, from what you just said there. You should be very glad that the government hasn't made you stress much until now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had I, I a know, horrible yeah. few years, and I yeah. can't wait for it all to be over. <laughs> I guess that's really the point, isn't it? 
you don't think about the government until the government comes knocking on your door and yeah exactly that sends a horrible letter through your door box or Or tries to get rid of your exams (laughs) yeah i mean i hope that's something we can do with this podcast if nothing else is to get people thinking a bit more about like Mm. how stuff works and you know guys you have rights you should exercise them um yeah and you should think about who's in charge and whether they're doing a good job or not and we want you to let us know whether you think what what you think yeah of how how everything yeah go go on uh instagram on uh find the transparent dishwasher egg instagram and uh you know throw some comments in the comment section or you know just yeah it'd be it'd be it'd be nice smash that like button subscribe to the comments (laughs) (laughs) don't forget don't forget to press the bell as well yeah, no, seriously, guys. Um, yeah, just let us know. Let's have a conversation. Let's keep the conversation going. Keep the conversation mm-hmm. going. Um, well, I think that's pretty much it from us. Um, Tom, say goodbye. Okay, thanks, Tom. I've been <laughs> Alfie Ware. Uh, this has been Transparent Dishwasher Egg. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Um, but, uh, guys, do you want to end on a fun fact like we did last week? Yeah. Yes. I'd love a fun fact. Okay. Well, what have been waiting fact, for? Fun fact for you this week is that whales are the only species of, of aquatic life that do <laughs> not have... <laughs> <laughs> whales are the only <laughs> anyway, guys, we're the only for, ones. Thanks for listening. Unless I'm real. <laughs> That's better than anything I could have come up with. <laughs> There's no fish in kettles. <laughs> Fun fact whales are the only species of aquatic life. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.